Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Glenn James here with John Pigeon. Hello, Glenn. Hey, we're talking about paying off your property faster, or particularly your home. Mm. Yes. Now, before we get started, just a shout out again to Sean Wellman and the team at Wellman Finance. You can find them at wellmanfinance.com.au if you want to reach out forward slash M3. He's a quality mortgage broker servicing clients all around Australia, and he's got behind My Millennial Money property to really help us get the message out there. And there's nothing like a good quality broker in your world. No, and this is right up his street, really, isn't it? This Absolutely. Topic? Let's get a mortgage broker out of work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw to you, John. How does someone pay off their home faster? I think it's on the lips of most Australians, isn't it? The, the, the great Aussie dream is buy your own home and, and spend the next 30 years paying it off. Right. Like. And just for clarity, are we talking about your principal place of residence where you actually live? Correct. Yeah. So pre-framing investment debt, totally different conversation to mortgage debt or own mortgage debt or whatever you, how, however way you want to talk about it. But essentially um, there's some general ways in which you can you can accelerate your payments um, and some of them listeners might be saying well that's logical I'm already doing that so you might walk away with it with one thing and you might think well I can do all four or five and uh, away I go and again I, I like these podcasts that we do because you might be using us just to keep you accountable mm. and encouraged and it might just be affirmation if you will that you are already on the track. Yeah, it might be just a, a reminder to go and check and, and see if we are doing mm. or maximizing those things. Um, on our Solve Our Wealth website, we've got an actual extra repayments calculator, which is pretty cool. Right. You can look at if I put in $100 a week extra to my mortgage, this is the difference in years that changes my mortgage too on the, on the current interest rate. Uh, to begin with, I think... Um, 20 years ago, I went down the path of investing before I bought my own home to live in. So I only bought my first home to live in five years ago. Right? So the whole rent vesting thing was my strategy early days and, um, and lifestyle um, decisions made me um, want our own home to live in based on kids and area to grow up in schools and those sort of things. Um, so if you're out there thinking, well, do I go investment property or do I go own home first? Um, it's very personal to you and there's um, and only you can make that decision, but don't be influenced by the mobs um, because the, the general consensus is buy your own home to live in first. 
um, because that's a security blanket for the rest of your life. But and a lot of people, that's just been their default. And just because it's the way it's always been doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be the right way for you. That's right. And even it, it might have worked for mum and dad or maybe it didn't. Either way, it shouldn't pre-frame your decision in any way. So, yeah, that's the idea of having forums like this where we can discuss it. And, and as long as you know the pros and cons of every decision you're making, like we always say, then... You're halfway there. Yeah, perfect. Um, so let's look at them in, in no particular order. So um, the, the, the first part where I was going with that was if you are going to have your own mortgage, have it at an, a, an attainable number, right? To go in and start with a 600 or 700K mortgage, even if you can afford the, the money or the repayments, puts a lot of stress on the next 10 to 15 years of your life, especially if you're, you're planning to have kids or um, live, in, live in capital cities and things like that. Yeah, and just because you can doesn't mean you should. And I try and apply that to my life mm. uh, financially with the food that I eat, the crap that I can buy. Yeah. It doesn't mean you should. And in fact, in Australia, if your mortgage repayments as a family unit or your net income is over 40% of the take-home, mm. that means by default you're in mortgage stress. Correct, yeah. So, yeah. so I think you've mentioned it before and I like to stick to this figure as well. Maximum 30% is ideally what you would like, um, but 20 would be nice as well. Zero yeah. would be amazing. Zero would be balls. Now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with, with rent vesting, it basically is zero, isn't it? So, And that's the beauty of it. Is well technically you've got to pay rent and then that's we want your housing or accommodation costs yes still at under 25 percent, if possible that's right so so when i say zero i'm saying your bad debt repayments are zero sure right you, yes you've got your rent and hopefully that's not any more than 20 percent or thereabouts of your your um, net spending or and net realistically money. depending on where you are in australia if you are renting you know, it might be 30%. Mm. It could be 35. We really want to stress with the rent that your target is well under 30. Yeah, that's right. And and going back to when I first started was rent where you want to live mm. and invest logically and, elsewhere. Yeah, and there's people thinking that, oh, I pay 40% in rent at the moment. I would say, sure, if it's a short period of time and you may be studying or there's a career hop, step, skip, jump or whatever, mm. Mm. Absolutely, but I'm just saying categorically the data shows that if you're paying more than 40% either mortgage or rent yeah. over a long period of time, you will not be as fruitful as you can be and you will have financial stress. Yeah, and you don't want to be tied to your own mortgage, do you? Like you're working 10 extra hours or trying to get that pay rise every every year just to, to live and survive because your mortgage is so high. And, and I think Sydney, uh, as an example will be a city similar to like your London where it's okay to rent for the rest of your life, but as long as you're taking action elsewhere and, and investing. investing elsewhere, yeah, yeah, and growing your wealth. Yeah. So if you're out there thinking, well, to get into my area, I have to have 100000 and that'll take me 10 years to save, well, don't be disillusioned because it doesn't have to be the area that you um, invest in. Yeah, so I guess the first step in paying down your mortgage faster is to start well. Keep it low in the first place. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, okay, so mm. that's a good one. So it's all about the strategy there. Mm. Uh, any other points? So, and this is a very obvious one, but uh, again, I've seen a lot of clients over the years that um, been misinformed around this, and this is just generally have an offset account. 
Um, yep. any, any spare cash in your life, you've got to have sitting against that bad debt. So you've got that offset account sitting there, any dollar, you've got extra goes into that account and stays there. You've got the ability to draw it back out as you need to, but hopefully your sticky fingers won't get near it and, and it can continue offsetting the bad debt. Do you think the offset account is now a better version than the modern day redraw facility? Yeah, and, and I still see it. I, I still see redraw accounts where people think they're offsetting their mortgage, yeah. but realize when they dig deeper that it's just a redraw facility with no offset yes. um, benefits. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, 100%. I mean, you should, in my mind, there's no real reason for a redraw facility anymore. Yeah, yeah and I think we've commented on that uh, on the My Millennial Money podcast in the past that, you know, a, a redraw mortgage is probably not of any use in this day and age. No. Unless you're my mother and loves it. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, whatever, mum, keep it. Like their wealth accumulation is done. Yeah. But I will say, let's just touch on the importance of the mortgage strategy Yeah. with starting well. And that's why a good mortgage broker is 100% beneficial in your corner because if you start to tell them about your plans, yeah. they can actually go, this structure might suit you better. Yeah. Which- in turn, will cause your mortgage to be possibly paid off sooner. Absolutely. And then even further to that, they actually, a good mortgage broker should be on the front foot saying, actually contacting you in 12 months' time saying, hey, Glenn, have you uh, uh, looked at your mortgage rates lately? Have you looked at your current structure? I reckon based on my research, I can get you something better again. Yeah. Like that's that's an example of a sophisticated yeah, and I, and I guess, again, with that offset account, like it's good when you are talking um, strategy in your life, like the house I'm living in at the moment, mm. that won't be my forever home, quote unquote, but I'm not paying down any more than I have to. No. I'm just keeping my cash in the offset account. Yeah, so perfect. So I, I can actually move that cash into my home in the future. Yeah, that's right. And and, I, and the, I mean, it's, it is a strategy in a way to pay down the debt as opposed to having it sitting in the offset because people feel comfortable that they won't get their sticky fingers on it. That, that's fine, but if you are got a controlled approach to your, to your life and you know your ins and outs, then there's no reason why it can't sit there. Or simply do what I do. I don't have my home loan with my offset account on my app or like I don't have the app on my phone. Yeah. I don't have the offset card in my wallet. Yeah. So it is out of sight, out of mind. And um, get this, my lender currently uh, doesn't, I don't have a card for the offset um, anyway. Yeah, so perfect. I, I can't even use it if I want to. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, like just because you can doesn't mean you should. Like I can go out tomorrow and buy anything I want. Yeah. Because I can. Yeah. But I shouldn't. Yeah, that's right. So, so okay. So, so offset account, you know, let's keep the numbers attainable. Let's use an offset account. So we've got starting well. We've got good structure. Yep. Oh, just on that, John, what if somebody does the numbers and they're in over their head at the moment and they're currently living in their home, situations changed mm. and their mortgage repayment is more than 40% of their take-home income? Like well, something's got to give, right? Yeah, look, I think they'd be experiencing some stress already. They, their discretional spending would be very limited and the things they get to do lifestyle-wise would already be limited now um, because of that, I would imagine. So, yeah. I mean, there's only really two things you can do there is 
earn more or Spend save less. more. Yeah. So, so, and it could be a good time listening to this to say, hey, we need to press reset. Mm. We can't afford this house anymore. Like if there's pay cuts or yeah. there's been a family breakdown or whatever, we have to go and rent somewhere more low cost to press reset in our life. Yeah, and, and try to keep your ego in the closet where oh, I don't want to sell because it'll look as though I've um, been a failure there. Like, forget that. Don't worry about who it, what anyone else is thinking. Just work what's going to be best for you. And yeah, maybe, okay, I'm going to rent this out and go and rent somewhere else. If you do have your rent at more than 40% of your net income, draw a line in the sand. If I mm. can't get my income up within six months, 12 months, whatever it is, I have to then take drastic action. Yeah. Give yourself yeah. time. Like you might have a pay rise in the future yeah. that's on the horizon, but I wouldn't want you to be sitting there two years later in the same position because what would happen is you'll end up with credit card debt, personal loan debt because yeah, that snowballs. kind of debt is just a symptom of yeah. you living beyond your means. Yeah, and, and look, the other thing to take into account, which I was getting to in a moment, is uh, interest rate fluctuations. And it goes back to point one is before you buy if the banks should be assessing you at about two and a half percent above what the rate they're giving you. So, but you should also be assessing yourself at, at that as well. If I can handle uh, my daily life and, and holidays and kids or whatever, based on two and a half percent, what I'm getting now, then I'm probably going to be okay. But if you're just assessing it based on this and if it raises quarter of a percent i'm in trouble then yeah you're on you're on the threshold yeah uh so third little tip third one is fortnightly payments and now this goes a little bit unnoticed and a lot maybe default to monthly because they might get paid monthly or um, something similar so what fortnightly payments does is it just gives you one extra payment per year and you might think well that does bugger all in the whole scheme but Again, if you're doing it over 10, 15 years, um, it, it definitely adds up. So it's an easy one where you're not necessarily paying too much extra. And yeah, it shouldn't and you don't you. notice it. And yeah. what about weekly? Same thing. Weekly is the same as fortnightly. Yeah. So, but yeah. it, it might be a strategy that if you are getting paid weekly, it's easier to work it out with your budgeting. Yeah, and, to and, stomach. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's mm. so. That's some low hanging fruit there. Yeah. Chat to your bank, and again, if your bank turnaround says we can't offer fortnightly repayments, maybe it's time for a new bank. Change over. And, and I was um, talking with a client last week who's based in the country and because of their business, they've got a really strong relationship with a their business banker, go and have a coffee and, and that's usually what's done, especially in r- rural areas. But he, he said, oh, I wouldn't mind staying with that bank for residential lending. And I, I said, look, that's great, but you won't be having a coffee with the same person and they'll just shove you on to a, a residential lender specialist. So what you're missing out on is another 25 lenders that may have a better product or service than what you've currently got. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any other little nuggets you've got over there? Um, so I would, in, in line with probably what we're saying here, is is assess, if not every six months, definitely every 12 months. It's probably a bit of a paper nightmare to continually assess your loans every six months, but um, absolutely 12 months a lot of things can change in lending world um, and we've seen in the last two or three years uh, other uh, banks continue to fall in and out of favour for residential lending. So I think assessing it every 12 months and, and your broker should be leading this as well, but you should be on the front foot to say, well, every time at, at um, 
the turn of the new year or whatever it may be, um, I just have a look at our current structures and is it doing okay? Might not have to do anything to it, but alarmingly you might see that something can be addressed because, again, example, last week um, a client came to me new, they hadn't assessed their home loan in three years and they were paying 5%. Wow. So... And the yeah. banks weren't going to tell them. <laughs> banks, I mean, and they've probably given them a reduction over the time as well, but they just didn't negotiate that better rate when they first started. Wow. Mm. Do you have any other tips? Um, uh, so I've got two more. One of them is, and it may slide into part-time work or extra hours, just to generate that little bit of extra cash in your life to put into the offset or, or pay down the loan. It might be selling stuff at home that you don't need, just extra little funds in your life that you can do outside of your nine to five. Yeah, yeah. Then the the last one is a bit of out of the box thinking and requires a little bit more work on your behalf. Uh, but it's for those who have got their own mortgage, but they've also got investment properties. Now, there's no reason why the income from the the rents of those properties can't be funneled into the offset account and then channeled back out as they need it. Now, you might say, well, that takes a lot more work to do that. Um, And yes, it does. But if those rents are sitting there, for example, for 15 out of the 30 days, it's going to add up, especially if you've got two or three properties and you're getting a a, a 1500 a week combined into that, into your life. Um, Yeah, that's what I do. All my rent goes into the offset account, which is my cash hub. It doesn't offset against their properties. Yeah. So, you you might as well offset against the bad debt in your life. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it requires a lot more life admin from from you or your wife or your husband or your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's it in short. Have you got any others? I've probably got two little ones. And the first overarching thing that we always need to do in our financial life is work out how much it costs us to exist Mm -hmm. and don't let lifestyle inflation or lifestyle creep, whatever they call it, Mm -hmm. um, impact you. Okay. So that means having the good cash flow system, your cash hub, it's segregated. You've got a system that's working that removes you. So basically my amount that I spend each week has not really grown with my income. Mm. Okay, so what you need to do is when any windfall comes in, so if you get a tax return back, can you put that straight onto the mortgage? Yep. Because you don't want to have your life hanging for this tax return to solve all your problems. No. Any tax return that you do get back, well, hey, I'm going to put that onto the property. Yep. Any work bonuses, hey, I'm going to put that onto the mortgage. Yeah. So have the mindset, and this leads into my my last point is your goal and strategy it might be that you do already have two investment properties and you then you've still got your home and your principal residence, right? Mm. This strategy wouldn't work for me because I don't plan to live where I'm living. But if I had my quote unquote forever home in the foreseeable future home, yep. whatever that looks like, I would actually go one step further personally and pay down the mortgage with those windfalls yep. and not use the offset facility uh-huh. because I've got my investment properties cracking out there, mm. no real intention to buy another investment property. Yeah. So the goal is within the next 10 years, we're going to smash this mortgage. Yep. So all these things work together, don't they? There's an overarching yeah. strategy and goal from the very start that 
I'm not biting off too much more than I can chew. Yeah. I've got the best bank account mortgage structure. I'm paying fortnightly. I'm looking at my loans every 12 months. Any extra cash that I'm getting, I'm dumping straight onto them. If I get a tax mm. return, I'm pumping it down. I'm not living on more than I earn. I'm quarantining my lifestyle creep. So yeah. if I get a $100 a week pay rise, that's not getting spent on food and coffee. Yeah. It's going to work for me. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I've got this goal now that I want to now ditch the property. Yeah. Mortgage. And uh, I suppose just on that point, um, if you're out there thinking, well, I've got my principal place of residence at the moment, but it's not for my forever home. And in five years time or 10 years time, I'm going to actually move out of it and rent it out. Um, I'd be careful as to how much I actually pay that down. Because you may not want a situation where you've paid it down to 50000 and then day one you rent it out and it's renting for $400 a week um, and then you could be in a position where you're paying tax on that um, over and above. Yeah, so, and that's kind of where it goes to strategy is yeah. it wouldn't work in my situation to pay down my current home no. because that's a brand new townhouse that will be an investment property long-term. Yeah, that's So I right. don't need to pay that down. No, but the beauty of having it sitting in the offset is day one you can take it out. Absolutely. When you go and rent. Yeah, so Absolutely. No, that's a good point. Um, so in, in summary, like – you, you may be thinking, well, it's a 30-year loan. Um, if I can pay it off in 25, that'd be great. Um, the banks want you to spend 30 years paying it off. Um, based on what of um, what we've shared today, there's no reason why that 30-year mortgage can't be trimmed in half um, yeah. and in sometimes less. So I've seen 30-year mortgages paid off in around 12 years. Um, so, yes, all those things have got to be working active and you've got to have extra cash flow in your life, but... It's amazing the inroads you can uh, make because of the daily, weekly changes. Yeah, and one thing we didn't actually touch on, John, if you are in a relationship, make sure you're on the same page. Like yeah. one might be hell-bent on paying the mortgage down yeah. while the other partner or spouse might be, no, we've got excess money, I want to go overseas every single year yeah. on a holiday yeah. or take the kids there or if we don't have kids, go to Europe every year. So it is that you've got to pick your battles mm. and that's why I think it's a, it's an overarching strategy thing. You've both got to be on the same page. Yeah. yeah. Or something oh, will 100%. Give. Yeah. yeah. No, you can't be uh, one on page two and the other on page 50 because it ends up in, in tears. But I think with the, um, the whole paying it down like a lot of people I, I meet have come to us 10 years late because they wanted to pay their mortgage down first and then go and do some investing or other um, wealth creating assets mm. like the, the the strong message out there is well go back a step we look at paying down our own or our bad debt um, increasing our assets reducing our tax we, we should be doing all three of those at any one time, not one and then the other. Okay, question. Real talk, real strategy. Uh, you're dealing with a, I'll make a number up, 25-year-old couple. Yeah. Both good incomes. Um, they want to get into property, can't really afford the place to live in. Mm. We buy two investment properties, keep renting, rent vesting, quote unquote. Yep. 10 years time, oh, we want to start to have a family or whatever, or we've had the family and we want to buy the home. Yeah. 
there is meat in the investment properties, at that point, do we sell the investment properties in a strategic way, maybe one each financial year, blah, 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 yeah. take the capital, then we've got maybe a four or $500,000 down payment for our forever home, yeah. pump that, get that put to bed, then we go back into the investing world. Yeah, there's a number of ways you can skin it. I would ideally like to see it happen without having to sell the investment properties. Yeah. I think you can sometimes get back to square one if you do that. I think, and that's the idea of long-term planning, is you'd ideally want to do both. Keep the investment properties, have enough of a deposit for your own home and continue to go on that journey. Um, worst case, you, your investment properties pay for your own home outright. Um, that's a great position to, to be in, but it's not going to happen in a five-year period either. I guess what I would say is if you've got a good quality job and you know that it's not based on the economy, so you might be a nurse or a dentist or a teacher or, teacher something. or yep. something like that. For example, money is not going to be this cheap ever again. I'm probably of the view get a bit bullish and go get them, Tiger. Yeah. In this climate. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, you're right. I, I don't think the interest rates are heading north anytime soon. Mm. But if we sit on our hands and do nothing, yeah, in 10 years' time, we will easily sit back and say, I should have taken more action. Yeah. Um, but looking at why I'm not taking action now is a critical part. Yeah. No mm. worries. All right. We might leave that one there. I hope that's been encouraging. And even if it's just encouraged you to have the thought, oh, I probably should pay a little bit more attention to my mortgage. Very thanks, good. John, and thanks Thank to wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash M3 for helping us get these episodes to you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.